Boys, friends, welcome back to another stunning episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here for a brief introduction before today's exciting Halloween extravaganza. People, it's official. We are on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com. If you guys want to get the movie every day as part of the October Mega Marathon, you have to join our Patreon, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Uh, that's where you can get the exclusive movies uh, that we have as part of the October Mega Marathon. There's also a ton of awesome stuff over there. We have a Patreon exclusive library. You get to vote on the movies you want to see as part of the show. Uh, mini series, commentaries, all kinds of great stuff over there. We appreciate so much uh, the support that we get. So thank you to those of you who do support us. Thank you for those of you who are about to support us at patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. It really means the world to us, guys. As little as a dollar a month, you can join the cause. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist, so you can see these faces. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials you're on. Uh, we're there, too. We'd love if you would follow. And especially this month, share all the fun uh, horror movie madness that we're dropping on the feed. Also, something free, easy, simple you can do that helps pods like us defeat the oppressive uh, parchment-laden ruined demons that oppress us. You can uh, leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you find the pod. Five stars, couple sentences while you enjoy spending time with us. Helps us out a lot. All right. You guys know the deal. October Mega Marathon. Every October, we done lost our minds. And we decide because we love horse so much. This is definitely my favorite time of the year. Why not drop a horror movie every single day to help uh, celebrate and ignite the dark uh, party that is October? So as part of that, we cover some franchise. I hope you guys enjoyed Hellraiser, Wishmaster, some of the other stuff we've been doing. But we also like to reach out to our dear friends, uh, get some extra voices in here talking about the horror films they like. So... As part of that, we reached out to one of our oldest and uh, dearest friends, who's always one of the best guests we have on the show, Carmelita Valdez McCoy. Now, if you're a fan of this show, you would know uh, we've had Carmelita on many times. She's always wonderful. Her love of movies um, is inspiring to me. I love the way she talks about movies. I love the way she sees movies. I always feel like I learn a lot talking to Carmelita. She's just very warm. I feel so much happier every time I'm lucky enough to get to spend some time with her. Hopefully, you guys will have heard some other stuff she's done with us this month. Um, truly, one of the great joys of doing this pod is that we have become such good friends with Carmelita. So if you have a pod, make sure you get Carmelita on. Uh, you can thank us later. You can find Carmelita uh, on Twitter, Letterboxd, all over the internet. Her handle is at Carmelita Says. Do yourself a favor and add this wonderful person to your life. Just like we have. So Carmelita brought an amazing choice tonight, Night of the Demon. So without further ado, enjoy our conversation on this wonderful classic demonic gym. Thanks for joining us again. Great pick. Um, I got to say, though, you triggered me immediately. Because <laughs> the scientist in this movie is such a huge cock. Oh, yeah. It was staggering to me. Um, <laughs> but before... My notes say pompous playboy psychologist. Yeah, it's a weird mix because it doesn't seem like he has any attributes to be as is, is, uh, full of tenacity as he is. Um, but yeah, before we, we dive into insulting the parapsychologist even, so he's like, a he would like be working with Peter Venkman psychologist. So he's extra highfalutin, but neither here nor there. Uh, why don't you introduce us to the movie, uh, that you chose and why? So I'm so happy to be back talking movies with you. We are so glad to have you. Thank you. And, and this is going to be a fun one. We're talking about night of the demon. Yes. From 1957, directed by Jacques Tourneur. Uh, the U.S. release was called Curse of the Demon. So you yes. might see either title. Yeah. I don't know which one I like Ooh. better. I actually think Night of the Demon is cool because they mention it in the movie a couple yes. times. But yeah. 
I um, prefer Night of the Demon. So so what about Night of the Demon? When we hit you up and we're like, of all the horror movies left to talk about, what what leapt out to you about Night of the Demon? So this film is one that I had never seen until a couple years ago mm-hmm. and fell instantly in love with it. It's got everything. Yeah. We've got curses, occult groups. Yeah. We've got this Aleister Crowley figure. Yeah. We've got a seance. We've got the <laughs> the <laughs> the quintessential skeptic paired yeah. with the believer. Yep. I mean, X Files turn that into a whole For show. Sure. So yes, it's got all of the elements. Stonehenge. That I love. <laughs> Yes, we birthday clowns. Yeah, <laughs> there's hypnosis. <laughs> it's a real hodgepodge. <laughs> it's got it all. It's got it all, and it's beautifully shot. I think it's well yes. written. It's just a really fun one, and it's, you know, this is fifty seven, so the horror isn't like, you know, I didn't have to turn the light on, and like <laughs> sleep, you know, right. with like the door cracked open. Yeah. It has it the uh, the Friday like the Thirteenth problem, right? You're like, I'm not a horny camp counselor, right? I'm not scared. No one's handing me parchments ever. <laughs> like, I'm, I did relate though when the, he tried to hand him the cigarette pack, and he was like, oh. "Yes." I was like, "Oh shit, dude! What if someone's been fucking loading That's me up with runes all these years?" Okay, so this is a real story. I'm gonna interrupt our pod. This is a real story. I'd love to hear your opinion no, on it. it. It's been quite the fucking uh conspiracy in my neck of the woods, right? <laughs> so I had a buddy in town. And we went out and we're getting housed at a Stevie Ray Vaughn concert, right? I had done a little kid's pool party. I was already stoned and drunk. So I showed up. I'm double fisting. And, you know, you have that moment where you're like. Nice. Because I just did it because the lines were long. But then my friend's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, oh, shit, I'm too drunk. Like, I could tell, right? Oops. Met my buddy's girlfriend for the first time. It was one of those weird nights, right? So <laughs> I'm missing a couple steps, right? Like, the memory starts to fade, right? I remember telling my buddy's girlfriend, I'm a bad first impression, but I'm the best second impression you'll ever meet. Because I apologize and like whatever I did before and I make it right. <laughs> so I remember that. And then I remember dancing at a gay bar like hard for like a long time. And I was douched in sweat. I remember eating three euros and somehow waking up in my bed. Right. OK. So my wife wakes me up. I'm all hung over and she's like, I trust you, but you have to explain this to me. Uh-oh. And like. And I was like, what happened? She brings my <laughs> shoes upstairs, right? Okay. In the course of the night, someone had tied a gold ring with these little diamonds in like the shape of like a crescent moon to the like end of my shoelace. With, like you would put with a solitaire, like like a wedding. Yes, thing. exactly. It looks like yeah. a, an engagement ring or some shit, right? And I don't know if these are real jewels or what the value of this ring is. But she's like, what do you think happened? And I was like, do you think I had an affair and like commemorated that by tying a thing to my shoe? <laughs> and I was not alone hardly at all the whole night, right? My brother was yeah. there DDing, my buddy Shivjeet, my neighbor, this tall Indian guy, we're dancing at the gay bar. Like, it was all good, right? There were eyes on me. <laughs> and we'd just been trying to solve this mystery. And the closest thing I could come is I, it's like either street magic or witch's curse. Ooh. Why would you ever tie a ring to someone's shoelace? I mean, that's bizarre. I don't know. It might be witchcraft. It might be witchcraft. <laughs> if I'm dead before this airs, <laughs> it was definitely someone at Metro, the gay bar in downtown Indianapolis, <laughs> who done got me. I don't know what slide I committed, but isn't that fucking weird? That's weird. Right? And when I was watching this movie, that all I kept thinking about is, we don't know, man. We all walk around in this new age of science yeah. and reason. You could just be drunk eating euros and someone yeah. could tie the curse to your shoelace. They could. And you would never <laughs> think to look at your shoelaces. Well, I was like, I had to be standing or sitting still. Like, you would have to presume I was in on it at the time. That like, how does weird. that even happen? Like, nodded at the end of my chucks. That's spooky. It's very spooky. But that's, that's what I mean. Bizarre. This is what the movie says, right? Is that since the dawn of man, this has been going on, right? Like, this has existed, whether we thought it or not. Yeah. Uh, you know, the ancient powers and the ruins, uh, they have endured till today, and they exist today. And I think that's kind of the fun back and forth of the movie, is all these people be like, ah, fuck that. And this fucking birthday clown just being like, well, 
it's on you now. <laughs> Let's start there. No, this totally. is a great question to answer. <laughs> How the fuck? This movie just throws it in so casually. Yeah. How did a birthday clown <laughs> harness this dark, evil power? I mean, a true rags to riches tale. I feel like there's a lot I need to know about this family. So walk me through what you think is happening with Dr. Bobo. So I love this. <laughs> I, I love it. too. I love the Carswell character. Yes. Because he is very Aleister Crowley. He's got I that get... uh, early villain goatee thing. Yes. Nailed He's it. He's got this great, really pointed goatee. Yeah. He's clearly educated. Yeah. He lives in this manor house, rich. Super rich. And somewhere along the way, <laughs> he got into the occult. And yeah. I think it's interesting that we see his mother seems to know some of what's going on, but not all of what's going on. His mother yeah. is the one that sets up the seance later in the film. Yeah. So it's clear that she's dabbled in spiritualism. Yeah. Which had its heydays, especially with like the upper crust. Yeah. You know, where, where people were fascinated. Yeah. You know, these in, these um, intellectual circles would get yeah. interested in spiritualism back in the day. So I wonder if maybe she introduced him to spiritualism and then he went deeper. Oh, okay. And took it to this dark place. I love that it's <laughs> so kind of So you think vague. this was like a rich kid who's like, I'll just be a birthday clown to stick it to mom and dad. We never hear yeah, about just, dad. Right. And then he just goes off the rail. Because I was like, is this like a, you know, like a, a reverse like Geppetto kind of thing? He's like, mm. you know, had a hard shift clowning, right? These kids are <laughs> fucking with him. And he's like, you know, it'd be great for me to get revenge on these kids. It's like a fiery demon to stomp this kid out. Mm. And that's what sent him running. Like, were they broke before this started? I don't I think will so. say on the mom. You don't get a manor house like that. Like he said, his followers money. paid for it. So like, oh, who knows? No, he could be holding right. all these birthday kids hostage. He could. Like, do you want your kid to have another birthday <laughs> featuring Doctor Bobo contractually, <laughs> or this demon's coming to fucking stomp you all? This is what I think about the clown. The clown thing. Yeah. I think. I mean, not unlike a uh, what's uh, a Gacy situation. Yeah. Like I see this as. This dude moonlights as a clown because it's an opportunity mm. to ingratiate himself to the community and look like uh, a harmless good yeah, guy. Yeah, or be taken hostages. Who knows? Right. That's a great way to pass parchment as is a birthday clown. Mm -hmm. Right? Build it right into your act. Yeah, it is. It's strange because essentially he's become this cult leader. Right? Yeah. He has this big following, but the movie never goes to any length to explain who the cults are, right? Normally yeah. in a movie like this, you would assume this house would be full of cultists, you know, doing wanton sex acts and blood magic and whatever. <laughs> and it's literally just him and his mom playing like Parcheesi when we start the yeah. movie. Yeah. And so there is this weird, he has all these followers who pay for his shit, but we never see any of them. And none of them seem to be getting any benefit. So perhaps it is just him holding these kids hostage. You know what I mean? And just running yeah. amok. I, I don't. I don't know. And also, we got to talk about the mom, too, because this bitch. <laughs> she is fucking spilling tea everywhere in this movie. <laughs> She's doing everything yeah. she can to destroy her son, who's seemingly biggest crime, besides, like, all the death, obviously, <laughs> is putting her up besides in a mansion that. with dinner. Well, it's not. They're not killing anyone they know. <laughs> they're killing fucking uh, arrogant scientists. Right. That's a very modern lens to make a horror movie like, you know, True. we do our own research. Right. <laughs> like you start sending demons out and shit. <laughs> but why is the mom trying to fucking kneecap her son at every turn of this movie? She has only benefited from this she fucking has. dark magic. She has. I, you know, I think maybe. You know, sometimes when people. Are only so involved and they can kind of turn a blind eye to like little yeah. things, the little details. Yeah. I think maybe with the death of the science, the, the first professor mm -hmm. Harrington, Harrington that we see yeah. at the beginning of the movie, maybe that's the step too far where she's like, 
this needs to end. Kind of like a we need to talk about Kevin situation. All the other kids at the birthday she was fine with. But not yeah. Mr. Harrington. He was so mannerful. Not, yeah. Well, and then we have Hobart, too, which we find out. Yeah. Part of this whole thing is is the tragedy of what happened to Rand Hobart, one of the followers who. Yeah. That's the only follower we see. Yeah. Yeah. His family. But, yeah, I think maybe it just went a little too far. And mom mm. likes the seances. She likes. <laughs> she likes a casual tarot reading. Exactly. You know I mean? But yeah. <laughs> she's she's a little squeamish about all this hexing people with a fire yeah. demon. Yeah. It's a well, there step is this, too far uh, for her. She says all evil must come to an end, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, is this a deathbed? Like, I'm still trying to get into heaven move? Maybe. Or she's like, I will trade my son's soul. In the hopes that when I pass in my fucking 20,000, you know, count sheets that I'll still get to go to heaven. I don't know. I was, I, I, because a lot of the movie you're starting to wonder if the mom's in on it, right? When she right. sets the seance up, Carswell is in the car outside waiting for her. And he doesn't like scream and yell at her. You know, he's just kind of like, get in the car, mother. Almost as if her trying to scare this guy is helping his, his ploy out. Mm. So I thought the mom's a real shifty character, man. I probably trust her less than anyone else in the movie, including her actual been <laughs> harnessing birthday clown son. Well, yeah, because her son, he's front street. He's right up there, man. <laughs> he's really not trying to be discreet. No, I mean, from the jump, <laughs> it is the least he, cloak and dagger cult. Yeah. Of all time. <laughs> he will straight up tell you you're going to be dead in three days. Yeah. And I did it to you. Yeah, I did it. I actually really like that because it's it reminds. There's a lot of these movies now, right? They're like ticking clock horror. Yeah. One of the best horror movie experiences in my life was going to the theater to see the the uh, ring. Right. Like I remember oh, yeah. loving that movie when it came out, and just that ticking clock of here it is, and just watching someone like this can't be fucking true, but maybe I don't want to be dead, right? And, yeah, I'd rather not take a chance. Yeah, just in case, right? I got I got a long weekend to fucking maybe try to unravel this. I, the difference between the fucking scientist and this and Naomi Watts, though, the scientist, even in the last scene, is still pretty fucking flippant yes. about the forces he is confronting. Absolutely. <laughs> he is so resistant yes. to the idea that there are forces beyond his yes. understanding and comprehension yeah was there a part he of you like me it. that you wanted to see him suffer the wrath of something supernatural honestly at least like a little yes yeah because he was so obstinate like hey yes i get it i'm all for reason and science that's sure. great but there's also that understanding of you know we don't understand everything yeah we don't there's a lot that we don't we have not observed that we mm -hmm. are limited in our understanding of. And this guy is and he's not even just skeptical, but he's a real condescending asshole. Like about a it. prick of the highest order, even to the other fucking so scientists. Yes. Like they're just like, yeah, we're from, you know, maybe a more spiritual culture. Right. So like our people have songs about these things. And they're like, you know, maybe like we're scientists. We don't have, you know, enough evidence to rule it out. Like maybe it's kind of everywhere, right? All, you know, cultures have this thing. Like it was worth studying. He's like rubes. And it's like they're fellow yeah. scientists. They're your fucking colleagues. In their face. Like right to their face. Um, And then he's just like, he's now go do something ass. to me. He's such a piece of shit. <laughs> that there is a part of me, like especially the scene, right? When he's like running out. So he breaks into coswell's house at one scene right he's trying to like find the thing that'll free him or whatever presumably right a translation for these ancient runes because there's this book that has all this runic language and you know the birthday clown dec decoded it now he has the power right he breaks in he sees this black cat and in an awesome scene right he gets attacked by a jaguar <laughs> and he's yes. just fucking wrestling a jaguar and he's like ah oh, it's a lesser demon i have protecting my study you know, because Coswell just busted nonchalant in his jammies. He was like, hmm, you ran afoul of, you know, Fluffy, my lesser demon. And I was like, let's address it. And he's just like, hmm, yes, maybe. I don't know. I'm like, your fucking suit's all mauled. 
you're all cut up. Like, I, I wanted this moment so badly from the movie. Because that's also when he then is like, I have one superstition. I leave the way I came. And Kyle's like, don't go in the woods, I'm telling you. He runs out in the woods, sees the fucking smoke following him. Oh, I love it. The footsteps. Oh, my God. Disembodied footsteps. It reminded me of the Invisible Man, right, when they did the footsteps in the snow. Love that. And they're, like, steaming because he's a fire demon or whatnot. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking great. And even in that moment, he somehow is convinced to go to the cops. So we see throughout the movie there are these little cracks where he's like, this is hard to explain away. And also, again, he's not like a real scientist. He's a psychologist, right? Like we're talking about flaccid science at best with psychology, right? (laughs) Like this is more a series of guidelines and this and that. Like this is not like a rock hard evidence based. And in the 50s. Yeah, in the 50s, right? The same guy who's like, I only do science shit. Also, I'm going to hypnotize this old farm murderer. (laughs) And that's going to like crack. We'll get to that. Yeah. And I'm like, you motherfucker, like. How dare you be throwing these accusations? But the lady takes him to the cops. She's like, we need to save your life, right? I lost my uncle. I don't want to lose you for some reason. I don't know. He seems like the worst date ever. Um, Just always trying to sneak kisses and shit between cigs and condescension. Yes. Piece of shit. But she's trying to save him. And all he can do in front of the cops is just fucking belittle her. And be like, this is stupid. I'm leaving. And I was just, I want him. I kind of wanted him and Coswell to both go down, like the final shot yeah. of Monster Squad, where Van Helsing pulls Dracula in. I wanted that ending <laughs> so bad. And I think in modern horror, I don't know if you agree with this, but in modern horror, because this thing, you're writing to an audience that loves spooky shit, right? I get made fun of a lot because I love ancient aliens. Anything with cryptozoology, right? I'm really into that. And everyone's like, that's dumb. Why do you like that shit? And I'm like, I don't know if I believe any of it, but I'd like to believe that there's a Loch Ness Monster. Why is the world a better place? Because I just don't have the Loch Ness Monster. I want to believe, right? Like the X-Files poster. I want to believe. I'm not saying I do, but I'll be fucking attempting cartwheels if any of that shit ever is found. Every time (laughs) there's a chupacabra or whatever. Think about it. Yeah. Why do you want your world to be smaller and less magical? If there's one thing science is not, it's fun, Right. Science helps us get where we're going, but I want a little icing on the cake. I want to believe in the fact that this motherfucker just and that's that's the hard thing. Right. So this guy, when you're writing to an audience of people who love spooky stuff, this guy is the one we're like, oh, he's getting eaten for sure. And I felt a little cheated at the end. If you made this movie today, I think that guy can't be the main character almost. Yeah. If he no, doesn't have you. that moment where he goes all the way, I fully fucking believe what's happening. I am sorry for how much of a cock I've been. I don't think he exists today. It's a slap in the face to the whore loving fans <laughs> that are filling the theater. Well, you know what I was thinking, and I don't want to get too topical. Go there. But <laughs> this it's really interesting to watch this movie today. Yes, I thought that same fucking thing. In our polarized internet world yeah. where... People take a stance mm-hmm. and the confirmation bias is like a brick wall. Yeah. And like they're like on YouTube only watching the videos that confirm what they already believe. Yep. Like this guy is very much like that. <laughs> it doesn't matter who yeah. talks to him. It doesn't matter what he observes, what yeah. new information comes to light. He just does not want to concede no and it is funny too because again he's from a soft science but just talks mad shit to everyone else refute yeah because coswell even says that at the library at the start right when he's like well if you come out to my joint i'll show you this book maybe i can sway your opinion a little bit right and he's like i am unswayable and coswell's like well as a man of science aren't you supposed to be open into it and you're like right exactly you just got that motherfucker right like (laughs) that's the whole deal you're supposed to fucking listen but he's like i got a science degree specifically to tell everyone to shut the fuck up you know what i mean basically yes and and, to get chicks uh, yeah well yeah obviously chicks yeah i i don't know what his plan was at all with that i I was like you're keynoting like a paranormal psychology convention man you're not like opening for bowie like maybe slow down a little bit right well (laughs) you know the character of joanna Mm -hmm. she's 
she's just a very steady stabilizing presence in this film she doesn't have a real showy role Mm -mm. but she's just very constant and in the face of this guy coming on to her so hard i mean he's just really laying it on thick and she might i mean maybe under different circumstances she'd go for it but she's more concerned with the fact that my uncle died horrifically Mm -hmm. under suspicious circumstances and i think that the people responsible are gonna do it again yeah that's really more important and she's like specifically to you motherfucker yeah um she's like my uncle was your friend and colleague who you worked with and trusted enough to fly over here for this convention but you're just going to insult him while he's still fucking barely cold in his grave to right, my fucking right. face. Um, <laughs> like she's just reading the journal and she's like, here's this really smart colleague of yours, And this is what he went through. He's like, Psh, poppycock. And then the fucking paper flies out of his hand and is up against the fire. Oh, and I love it. Oh, it's so good. And he's just like, yeah, windows. Well, the windows closed. It's still blowing. I don't know. And it's like, yeah, God damn it. I'm telling you, there's a there's a world in which she's the main character and he's just yeah. kind of like on her shoulder and he gets got. I like it. It would be great. I um, like it. I think that's I, just I a problem of the times though, right? It had to be this like, you know, fucking down the line white guy. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's Dana Andrews. Yeah. Who's already an established yep. Hollywood actor. He's a great I mean, actor because I, I wanted to rip his face off watching the movie. So sure. he did his job It's also, well. it's the 50s where you had a lot of horror films that were doing that. Like the scientist creates yeah. the monster or becomes the monster Science or, will defeat the darkness, yeah. Right, or science will defeat the darkness. It's all <laughs> there was a lot of that in the fifties yeah. as they were discovering better living through chemistry. So <laughs> and plastics and God knows what else they were figuring out. Um but yeah, he's I love <laughs> here here's something I was thinking about rewatching it this time is that like, okay, so you don't believe in the supernatural, you don't believe there's a curse, you don't believe there's a fire demon. Mm-hmm. You don't believe that Carswell has any abilities, powers, right. that he can summon things. You don't believe in any of that. That's fine. This man is threatening you. Yeah. So even if he doesn't actually summon a demon to do it, <laughs> yeah. he could he could harm you in other ways and yeah. just try to pass it off as a cult murder yeah they had guns back then they had knives and axes exactly just got your ass i mean he's a birthday clown he's already not to be trusted (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's he has this this air though because i think this was another thing that was happening in the time right like i really like cult movies from like this to the 70s right yeah and this one is a little different i think it's a little earlier on the scale right but it felt like especially in the 70s we were getting a lot of these the fear was of an uppity kind of fucking stuffy white guy, right? Exploring that there were people mm-hmm. that are just out there having like awesome sex and yes. partying and they couldn't deal with it, right? So a lot of it was kind of these titillating like, you know, tits and vamp, like cults and blood and that kind of shit, right? And so it's these old white guys like fighting for the traditional values. This one is a little strange because it's it's kind of two stuffy white guys going at it. And they're literally mm. just arguing over the existence of something more. But Coswell doesn't seem like he is enjoying his life that much. You know what I mean? He doesn't have like a harem of cultists. He's not really True. wielding his power, you know, to go out and be the king of the universe. He's kind of just this guy with this hidden little secret. And it's almost an audience of one he's playing at, right? Like it was him and Harrington. Mm. And then now it's him and, uh, you know... The guy and the niece. Holden. Yeah, Holden. So it's like, it's yeah. always these really small audiences, right? Like, even if you think of something like Aladdin, right? The first moment when Jafar gets power, he fucking, the clouds come in and he's fucking insulting the king and everyone on top of the <laughs> highest. Look at me. I was but a sorcerer. Now I run this shit. Coswell's not doing that. His, his not abusing the power, I actually found really fascinating in this movie. Because if I'm giving it up like that, 
I want a lot more in return than just the big fucking fancy house. Sure. I don't know. This is this is something I I think is cool about how vague they are mm. about how exactly mm. did he come to start using this runic curse mm. to some, you know, did they summon this demon and he's now in service to it? Yeah. And yeah. has to pass it? Yeah. Like we don't really know what what practices did he engage in? Because he kind of talks about it like this. He tells his mother that this can't stop or he'll be next. Yeah. And so you kind of wonder, like, what kind of deal with the devil did you make? Yeah, because it also doesn't feel like <laughs> the devil's getting a lot out of it. No. The devil's no. just I mean, like, God damn it. You called me forth to go fucking scratch another guy. <laughs> like, you know what I yeah, mean? Like when demon, you call forth pinheads in the Cenobites, it. they get a like. You know, the flesh is a playground. Your body's oh, a yeah. wonderland, right? They you know, like, have a lot of fun. <laughs> the Steven's just like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> right? like, he had fun with Carswell at the end. He did seem to enjoy that one a little extra. The so, scene of Carswell getting torn to shreds. That was so fucking cool. Because the it's demon. so good. You can kind of, it's, you know, it's of its time. You can kind of see the like rickety movement of it. It's still fucking cool. And I loved it. But that extra final scene of the guy in the suit, like ripping apart the doll. I was so like, good. that added so much to that movie <laughs> that it really needed, right? With the train going in front. It's almost like yeah. a Godzilla setup. Oh, I fucking, I love the demon. I have a question movie. for you. Yeah. Because this is one of the controversies of this movie. Ooh, okay. In the production of it. Tornare did not want, and I believe, I think the screenwriters as well, they did not want to show the demon. Oh, really? Their plan was to not show the demon, to just have like the footsteps and the smoke, but never okay. see the demon full on. It was the producers yeah. who insisted and it was then added. Yeah. So there's always been this, this discourse, I guess, in my research, there's always been this discourse around should they or shouldn't they have shown the demon? How do you feel about them showing the demon? I mean, I'm just 100% team demon. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's awesome, right? Because also the whole gist of the movie is this balance between, you know, what is the unseen and seen and this and that. I think there's something really powerful of giving a face to it, right? Like, I, yeah. I understand the Jaws line, right? Like, what you can't see is scarier, right? You'll make something scary in your head. Yeah, I get that too. But at the end of the movie, we still see the shark eat Quint, right? It's yes. a really satisfying scene <laughs> so i do think it goes a certain way i mean i guess there's a version in the movie where they keep playing with well maybe the scientist was right you know maybe coswell just is mentally unbalanced and he runs out on the track and it is a self-fulfilling prophecy of you know a mythology riddled mind right that's that could have been fine too but i love seeing the demon in this movie it it felt because, again, my, my four-year-old and my seven-year-old watched it with me, and they were going apeshit for that, right? And granted, they're like, nice. they grew up as kaiju kids, so, like, we watch a lot of giant monster stuff. Um, But they fucking love that part. And I think there is something to seeing the actual world that's supposed to be not real get its pound of flesh that I really enjoyed personally. No, I do, too. I. Yeah. I think that it really adds something here. And I'm all for, again, similar, the Jaws thing of, you know, see less or alien. Yeah. The first alien movie, see less. Yeah. But you still see that fucking xenomorph and it's amazing. You do. <laughs> you do. And, in, and I think in this film, I think there's something to be said for, we know mm -hmm. that the demon is real. We know the curse is real. Yes. And that adds to, as we're watching Holden, mm -hmm through most of this film, deny the existence. <laughs> right. The, you know, looks right in the face of mm -hmm. some compelling <laughs> information that might point to there being something to this. Yeah. We know it's real. All these other people become convinced it's real, mm -hmm. but he doesn't. And so there's that, that like, oh my God, when it's like, <laughs> what's going to happen? This yeah. guy like the demon is coming it's in the trees oh <laughs> uh, that i mean just imagine that opening scene though right when he's like you you know all right i'll let you off the hook and he's like thank you thank you he leaves coswell's house but we know the runes like burn up right we can see on coswell's face mm -hmm. that 
him and his mother are clearly not trustworthy, whatever. That opening scene of the, the smoke and the demon slowly approaching and the guy in his home, he parks his car, he thinks he's safe. Oh, fuck. And he's got to slam it and there's, you know, the wires are all snapped. That scene's just not as good without the demon. Right? Even that's if great. that's something his mind conjures up, it's just better that way. The movie could play it either way at once, but yeah, I, I man, I fucking love the demon in this movie. Um, I do too. And I wouldn't even say I wanted more of it. I think movies like this they find that perfect balance right like seeing that demon four or five more times with that close-up maybe it wears thin on me i don't know but i felt like we got just the perfect amount of demon and especially with this idea of you have to pass this on right that there's this magic in world that we as a modern society are trying to forget right but someone comes to you and hands you a paper and it's like you can't fucking forget and now you have to infect someone else with this right I think that's awesome, right? Like, I I love oh, no, the, yeah, the, the intrusion the of this all. Yeah. The rules of of how this this curse works yeah. is really cool. And we and we we slowly gain that information throughout the movie and 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 find out that yeah, there's no like once you're marked, yeah, it's happening. And <laughs> The parchment is going to try to self-destruct like Mission Impossible. Yeah. You get X amount of time to hand it off. Yes. If you don't, then it's too fucking late. So I'm guessing that's what Carswell's job is, is to keep new parchments in circulation. It's got to be. It's got to be. Right? Because I don't know how many parchments could be out there, but if you only infect one guy and they just keep passing it, the demon doesn't. Or maybe that's the demon's goal, right? Is again, as we're trying to move away from it, they just want that reminder and fear. Maybe that's the fuel. Maybe. So maybe the demon isn't like, oh, great, I got to come out and stomp people. He just wants people afraid and thinking about him. Right. Talking well, about Speaking him. of people afraid, we should talk about Hobart. Oh, yeah, the hypnosis scene. God, what a scene. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, the whole scene well, on a construction that. level is baffling to me. But I love it. It's, Go ahead. It's wild. <laughs> well, you know, even before that. So so they need to get permission from yeah. Rand Hobart's family. Yeah. Because, you know, he he's like catatonic. Yeah. <laughs> he's not catatonic in a and then a hospital for the criminally insane. Yes. Yeah. He's been you know, they, they pin this murder on him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, technically speaking, he did pass the parchment. But he passed it to his brother who passed it to him. Correct. So he was the target. And he's like, this motherfucker got yes. me and gave it back. <laughs> it's a classic. I'm rubber and you're glue. Maneuver. Oh, yeah. And, and when Holden goes to the country, this like country farmhouse where Hobart's family lives and they're like so intense. Yeah. And like very morose, very somber looking people. Yeah. And when he comes, like the whole family comes out and they're standing around scowling and they're like, nah, Rand, we disown him. Yeah. Like, and I, I love one of the things I love about movies about magic. Yeah. And like dabbling in the dark arts is that there's always a price. Yeah. There's always a consequence you cannot invoke these powers without paying something back. Yeah. Well, One way or another. What I like too and, is it, it's the it's the two worlds merging, right? The modern yes. and the more traditional. This looks like a farmhouse where a lot of family lives. They're working the land. So these are people that are closer to a more spiritual kind of life, a time when this was commonplace. And we see that they have sure. no – they lost a son. Right? Maybe two if I'm reading that right. Right. Correct. They have no trouble believing that this evil force beset their family. And so you're watching this guy in the name of science trying to get them to release the meat that was their son. And they're like, no, that's cursed, man. Um, and there is, there's actually a moment in that that I thought was really fascinating when they see the parchment. They're like, yeah. he's marked. I don't know why our scientist friends eyes go blurry. What did you make of that moment? Cause that's the only time well, we see it in the movie after he's cursed. 
we see it a couple of times actually where he has like these distortions and it's it's mentioned in the diary that Harrington had left behind that his niece reads mentions about like after he received the parchment he started having these spells like these dizzy like distorted spells so it's it's some kind of effect that being marked has yeah, maybe it's if you're in the presence of someone who sees it for what it is. Mm, could be. Those realities kind of begin to blur and blend together. Yeah, yeah I thought that was a really time, cool moment. The first moment. time it happens is in the British Museum when Carswell hands him the calling card. That's right, because he sees the writing on the, the card. Yes. Yeah, that's and right. And as Carswell's walking away, his vision's kind of woozy. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a really cool effect. Um, again, because we're... The whole theme is, you know, what is seen and unseen. Yeah. And what are you willing to accept? And I I love the line, too, because the mom's like, no one raise a hand to help him. It's kind of a pumpkin head thing, right? Like, yeah, he's going to get his target. Don't get in the fucking way or you'll get dragged into this. So the way that this family, even in grief, is just like, hey, these are ironclad truths about something we're spending the whole movie debating truth about. I thought that scene was awesome. And also, again, oh, yeah. Uh, have no doubt. The son's hypnotism was equally as awesome. Oh, um, so good. The whole <laughs> the layout of this scene <laughs> is baffling to me. So I don't know if this was part of the paranormal <laughs> convention. It is. Yes, it's part yeah, of the convention. That's what I assume. So they set up a room with a bunch of fucking people. They're going to watch them hypnotize this murderer with mm-hmm. a scant amount of security. We see some officers meandering <laughs> around. Not enough for a guy who you think Wait. brutally murdered another human. They can't just hypnotize him, though, because he's catatonic, right? So they they need to inject him yeah. with pentothal and <laughs> amphetamines. They get him all fucking revved up. <laughs> yeah. They shoot him full of speed. <laughs> yeah. Do these bumps, and then we're going to hypnotize your ass, and it'll all go well. <laughs> Uh, as if his dormant mind isn't already processing enough shit, you want to just unleash it. Oh, it's so good when he like wakes <laughs> up and he's like, you know, I mean, they just shot him full of drugs. Yeah, and he's just and running he's, through this room of standbys, yeah, and, and they're like, like, "What?" Traumatized. Yeah. And once the hypnosis starts, I love when they ask him who the order of true believers are. Mm-hmm. I wrote down the quote. Yeah. Let me let me hit you with who the order of the true believers are. Hobart says. Those of us who believe that evil is good and good evil, who blaspheme and desecrate in the joy of sin, will mankind that is lost find itself again? Hell yeah. How badass is that? (laughs) See, that seems more fun than everything we see at Carswell's house. It seems more fun. That's the life I thought the satanic cult leader's leading, (laughs) not playing Parcheesi with his mom on like a Friday night. Yeah. You know what I mean? That where's, sounds fun as Where's the as hell. desecration? Where's the blaspheming? Where's the joy of I mean. sin? Where's the... Yeah, he's like, well, I got to get up early tomorrow and pull a rabbit from a hat, but <laughs> otherwise I'd be totally down for desecrations. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how... There has to be a fun side of this if he's recruiting. Yeah. But again, it's also... That's kind of the mechanic of the movie that's fun too is you only have a limited time, right? You have yeah. this small... The time that is granted, I think they say, right? A couple times. The time that is allowed. Allowed. That's the phrase. And so there is this, it is different than other cults, right? That Usually a cult movie, they're seeking to unleash something or gain this favor in the, you know, hellscape that will become our world. They'll be like the new rulers of that. If Carswell's contacted you, you essentially have like a small ass window and then you have to pass it on. So. I mean, it's almost like it follows rules, right? Like if you bang someone to pass the demon on again, someday we're going to cover that movie and I'm going to yell about the director saying, (laughs) what you guys thought that was about STDs. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like, sir. Yeah. I remember someone told me that he said that in an interview and I almost fucking attempted a backflip. It's like, I would rather break my neck than listen to this poppycock. (laughs) I mean, that is so absurd that he's like, you guys read into that too. Anywho. The rules of that movie are you have to bang and pass it on, and then they bang and pass it on, right? So the the monster is always slowly advancing towards whoever the last person is. And if they eat that person, they're still coming back to you. And this movie seems to operate on that same level, right? Where 
maybe and that's why i was like if you pass it on and the demon eats that person are you just like cool now you're in but it has like a very pyramid scheme vibe you're cool now but look what happened and this is what i i wonder i mean is (laughs) is holden a sociopath because rand well clearly rand rand was marked (laughs) yeah in the desperation of i don't want to die he passes it back to the person who gave it to him yeah and he and that person dies and he is catatonic after that he's traumatized by what he had to do to free himself yeah and the weight of the knowledge of this yes fucking infinite abyss that is right beyond our reality like imagine if yeah. You saw a demon eat your friend, brother, enemy, whatever. You'd still be like, well, it's really hard to want to, like, go to work today. Yeah. There's fucking demons out there eating people. Like, that disrupts the entire natural order of our – like, I wouldn't – you know what I mean? I'm not going to, like, an HOA meeting ever again. T-ball right. loses its lust or its, you know, flavor of Absolutely. life. You know what I mean? Where you're like, yeah, I don't – my kid hit a baseball. Like, that's cool. There's demons eating – You'd have to immediately be like, I'm throwing yeah. myself fully behind this this demonic force or this war, or whatever. And so this crushing weight of all of these realities sinking on him, I think is the more human reaction. I think if you're such a yeah. fucking cock, <laughs> like Holden, we're like, I don't know how this plays into my narrative. I meh. He's so unfazed. <laughs> this is something that made me mad, right? Because even by the end of the movie, the arc that they grant him, Right, we get that amazing scene. We'll talk about it in a minute. But is Coswell's getting ripped asunder? He's like, I have to go look at the body and know. They're debating if it was a train or something else. And she just goes, Maybe it's better not to know. And he goes, Maybe you're right. It is better not to know. And I was like, That's not an arc because this is the guy who has intentionally been not knowing the whole movie. <laughs> you're letting him off the hook. I'm led to believe he's going to leave that train station and still be a huge dick. Who pretends he knows all the answers? Right. I mean, I think he for sure is some kind of sociopath, psychopath, whatever. (laughs) He's a completely closed system. Right. That made me mad. Yeah. I think it's a totally natural reaction to have a complete mental breakdown when you real imagine all the fucking Bible stories I heard as a kid. I was raised religious, didn't take, right? As you get older, you're just like, this is such fucking horseshit. Like, how do you people accept this? Imagine if all of a sudden I'd live my whole life being like idiots. Someone like had verifiable proof. Oh, that shit's real. There's no way I could function as a human being anymore. Like, what are we talking yeah. about? Yeah. Well, and 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 in in something like this, like the passing of of the parchment, it's like you you doubted because mm-hmm. they they kind of mentioned that that Rand, the family mentioned something about Rand not being a true believer, Mm -hmm. you know? So you're given this parchment, you don't really believe, you pass it on. And in passing it on, you get somebody killed. Yeah. And it's this huge cosmic supernatural force. Yeah. I mean, it's just like that would, it would totally melt your brain. Yeah. I mean, you might as well have your hand on the demonic knife, you know? That's right. That's a a wild amount of information to have to absorb into your small farm life. Yeah, he jumps out of a window. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that's they need a little more security, maybe a ground floor, maybe still a straight jacket for the murderer. Um, But again, I think that gets back to Holden's just like nothing can affect me. I know everything. I'm the best. He has this. This movie really does attack to that science is the new religion idea. Mm, which I really did appreciate a lot in this movie. Um, Because, yeah, we all have our things that we just cling to as absolute truths because I think one of the hardest things in all of these movies deal with that is the unknown is the worst, right? Everything, that's where anxiety and depression, everything comes from this unknown, right? And I think we all, due to survival, build these mechanisms that let us not believe. Right. Even like I said, even the the Christian people I grew up with, I'm like idiots. That's me shutting them off. I no longer will accept that they have anything valid to offer me. I shut them down. Right. If someone forcibly kicks that fucking wall down, that's just so much to deal with. Like, I'm not surprised the guy is just like, I just want this to be over. 
Um, yeah. It, it, it was an obvious outcome that someone should have foreseen is they're giving him amphetamines <laughs> and making him relive this traumatizing experience. I know. Um, I can't imagine a worse thing to have in your system than amphetamines as you're facing down demons and murder. That's a bad idea. Yeah. It seems like a poor recipe. If he was a real scientist, he would know that equation was not right. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about this final scene in the train. So good. So fucking good. It's so good. I love the cat and mouse game of him trying to hand the parchment off. It's so what I do. I feel like Coswell made a classic mistake. I get getting on the train. Don't sit in the box or lock the box. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was halfway there. Go there's lock a small yourself part in one of the of restrooms. Yeah. There's a part of me because because Holden does this thing when he's like, whatever happens to me, you're going to be in the room for it. And the idea of that demon assaulting the train and having to get in that box, can it scale its size down? Not good. I was like, this is a great idea. I'm bringing you with me, motherfucker. Um, but I was like, Coswell, stay on the move. Just get in a car and keep circling. You're rich. You had 20 cars outside of your mansion. Don't get on the train, dude. Don't do it. <laughs> so there's a small part of me that's like, did Coswell's mother, the nefarious betrayer, plant this seed in his mind? <laughs> um, what's going on? What do you make of this the final Judas scene? Of this story? The fucking Judas. I mean, maybe the demon in human flesh is the mom. Just eating all of her son's enemy, and then eventually her son, who she says uh, the evil must end somehow. <laughs> Maybe it's mom. Maybe she's like, you know what? I don't like your your fucking Maybe. attitude towards me lately. We heard her singing that creepy song. We heard her singing. Who knows the what she's song. summoned? She's hanging out with seance people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love this confrontation in the train, and and Coswell is he's rattled. Oh yeah, he's scared. He knows how close because he is to the end. He knows. He knows what awaits him yeah. if he can't get as far away from Holden as possible. Yeah. But you're right. He he miscalculated. <laughs> he got on this train, and that was stupid. His defense was, man, she was nagging me a lot. I was like, what? <laughs> right. <Well, and> I- <laughs> That's a very 1950s excuse. Oh, totally. Oh, she well, just kept speaking. Gross. I think, too, you know, he 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 un, he underestimated how much of a dick Holden is. Yeah. Like, maybe he thought that kidnapping Joanna, that that would be like a, a bargaining chip. Like, yeah. you don't want to you don't want to come after me because then the demon will, will yeah. come after the train. And she's He's like, on put the her train. in the blender, too. I don't give a fuck. Holden's <laughs> shit. Not really. Yeah. It but does seem like I, a poor plan of attack for Coswell <laughs> to just be gloating about when and where they're going to die. Like, why yeah. not be like, you have five days? You know what I mean? Then they just die on the third. Sure. Maybe there's a demonic. Pa- a lot of these magic things, they have a rule system. Yes. Where they're kind of gamified and you're not supposed to cheat. Um, But in, also, too, I found it striking because I love that scene, how scared he is. And he's trying like he reaches for the cigarette and then he's like, no, I'm quitting. so nervous. He, he doesn't want the matches back. It's fucking wonderful cat and mouse play. As we know, the clock is ticking down. There was something that struck me about this all powerful cult leader who's afraid to actually see the demon in action. I thought that was a really cool idea, because why doesn't he just sit back in the train and be like, whatever, man, I'll watch my demon eat you. I work for him. Like, this is what I want somehow, right, is for this demon to go around. The fact that he's so afraid of it, that was kind of a nice inversion that I don't remember seeing that much in in a lot of these movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. Like, a lot of times the, you know, the antagonist who has set all these kind of things in motion has conjured this evil. Yeah. Revels. Yeah. In watching it unfold Mm -hmm. and yeah this guy's freaked yeah and we can speculate like maybe when he first started dabbling in this stuff he didn't realize how deep he was going and once just a fucking clown and now i have so much responsibility (laughs) i'm just a mama's boy clown and i want i I wanted mom to be proud of me she might have sacrificed (laughs) dad we don't know something i don't trust that fucking mom I think she's the real villain of the movie somehow. 
<laughs> I think this is all her machinations. I really, truly do. <laughs> the, you know, this, um, so this is based on an MR James story. Mm -hmm casting of the runes which i haven't read and i want to go back and read it because i'm i'm really curious about what's in it's a short story what's in the short story versus right. you know you know how it's done here in the film like if there's little tidbits about some of those characters that yeah. maybe we didn't get in the film i'd be curious be yeah i did i just i thought it was such a satisfying ending right watching this guy chase down the magic that he thought he was in control of and it burns in his hand and that fucking shot of the demon ripping the doll up was just fucking I great. love it um <laughs> I I don't know I hadn't seen this before it, it instantly leapt to uh near the top of my film discoveries of this year um I'm with you there's just that the texture and the look of these old black and white movies just always works for me I thought the script was exceptionally sharp um, and yeah, like you said, it just, it, while there's not a lot of haunting per se, they jump so rapidly between so many interesting moments. Yeah. That this unfurling, cause it's not even a mystery, right? Cause we know exactly what's happening oh. the whole time. Like Coswell in the first act is just like, yeah, it's me and here's a rune and you're going to die in three days. There's not a lot of mystery. There's not a who did this, whatever. It's just this this slow march to inevitability. Um, this confrontation between reason and magic that I don't know is fully squared. Um, but it's just fascinating to watch. Uh, so what are you? What's your final rundown of this this night of the demons? I love it. I think that this film is. It's one of my favorite now classic horror films. Oh, yeah. It's so beautifully shot, so well written, well acted. The score is really cool. Yeah. The sound design. I agree. The way that certain noises break in and kind of break the silence of certain moments. I love like all of these all of the, like the visual storytelling, all of these dark corridors and hallways, either like avoiding going down a dark corridor or running through a corridor towards light. Like there's just all of this really cool imagery, all of that like magical supernatural shit that I love. It's a good time. Yeah. I think it's really cool that this is, this is a horror film that as an adult, you can enjoy mm -hmm. the eeriness of it and how interesting it is. And yeah. someone like yourself could show this to your kids. Like, yeah. My kids really, cool. really dug it, which I was, cause again, a lot of modern horror, there's just too much extra. Right. But my kids really understood what is the scary part of this, right? That like, even that scene you're talking about where uh, Holden hears the fucking whistling that we know is associated with the demon. He's kind of looking hall to hall watching this fucking, you know, armored up cock, even for a second, right? Even the most fucking closed down, you know, in his mind, we've all had that moment for half a second yes. when you hear a sound in the dark. And I go, fuck, this is it. This is the one, right? You're like, it's not just something yeah. settling in the house. It's not, you know, whatever. This is a fucking supernatural thing that's about to eat me right now. Um, So even in his, yeah, kind of stoic mode, we see these moments where he's like, shouldn't have been such a dick i knew <laughs> and yeah, yeah I just, there's it's just so fucking subtle strong moments <laughs> yeah. where dana andrews does a great job of this subtle shift of his confidence is shaken for just a moment yeah what 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 was that what if what if and like almost like the look is almost like he can't finish that sentence because he'd have to concede something right but there is a moment of doubt yeah what if it's yeah. Real. He's confronting oh, his own horseshit, right? That scientists yes. are always supposed to come from a place of skepticism. And now he's having to be skeptical about his own bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a really strong piece. Um, I absolutely fucking loved it. Like I said, I thought I'd already seen this because there's another movie about a college professor. And, you know, there's like a married couple that live near campus and they have some kind of artifact. And I'm then, pretty sure it's Night of the 
eagle. Yes, I think we talked about this before. I do think I remember at the end, it's like a swooping, like, ah! So that yeah, makes yeah, perfect yeah. sense. Um, I, I have to look. So I thought I had seen I this to. movie, and it was such a fucking pleasant discovery um, to realize I hadn't. I just, I, I fucking loved my time with this movie. Um, it is Night of the Eagle, confirmed. Night of the Eagle. So yeah, Night of the Demon, greater than Night of the Eagle. But watch Agreed. both. They're both fun. Um, they're in they a similar vein. Fun. But yeah, that doesn't have a birthday clown becoming his all-powerful demonic enforcer. <laughs> um, but that's it. So Carmelita, uh, thank you so much for joining. Possibility they'll have heard you a bunch this month uh, working on that as is. But why don't you tell the people uh, where they can find you and what you're working on? Yeah. So Film Alchemist listeners can find me <laughs> on Twitter and Letterboxd. Same handle for both. At Carmelita says, "Yeah, and you are becoming a very sought-after podcast guest, so they can find you on I a lot of other podcasts, so, right?" It's so awesome <laughs> to have connected with all of these great people who love movies. Yeah, and they're so gracious in inviting me to talk movies with them. It's yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, well, but you are always one Bill of Maxim our favorites. Was one of the first, you were one of the first to invite me to guess. We discovered we discovered uh, the pay dirt early. We cracked the runes. For- <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah. So be on the lookout for Carmelita on the internet. Um, there you can find all of her her many appearances as she's becoming a very hot commodity as a podcast guest. Uh, you're always one of our favorites. So thank you so much for joining today. <laughs> No, thank you for having me back. I love talking movies with you guys. Well, thank you. All right, guys, you know the deal. Stay tuned. A podcast every day this month because we done lost our minds. Uh, <laughs> so we'll the be best. back tomorrow with more spooky goodness. Bye. Bye.